Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Okay, Matt, super excited to introduce our guest today. Yeah, this is one of your guests. Yeah, yeah. I have known her for quite a while. She has a degree in molecular genetics. She is a COO at a mortgage tech startup doing some social media stuff, dominating that, that sector. She stumbled into this career pretty randomly on a ferry ride. So everyone, I'd like to introduce you to Allison Swanson. Welcome, Allison. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah. So what's, this, what's the story about that ferry ride? I uh, was on the ferry from Victoria to Vancouver. I was sitting in you know, those little cubicles that they have. Yep, yep. I was, with the computer? Yeah, with the computer nice. working away. We had got, I got an accepted offer on my very first property. And I was talking to my friend that I bought this property with. And I was like, I guess we need a mortgage broker. And sure enough, the guy that was sitting next to me just peeks over and he's like, well, I just happened to be a mortgage broker. <laughs> so he, he brokered my first property and then my second property. And after my second property, he was like, you should be a mortgage broker. And I was like, I should be a mortgage that broker. That is an awesome I, story. I knew that part of the story. I didn't realize he actually was the broker for your first property. Yeah. And that's how you, yeah, I thought you guys just struck up a conversation. Is this a thing for so, you to do now, Taylor? You got to hang out on the ferry? Totally. Well, yeah, a bit of a segue. I was hanging out behind trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was at Bright Jenny yesterday. Awesome coffee shop downtown yep. there. Yep. And uh, yeah, some guy just poked his head over as I was doing some work and he asked me if I was a realtor. I said no. And then he was obviously disappointed, but yeah, so we, we started talking a little bit, but yeah, it's a good way to pick up. Why did he ask you that? Uh, I, had, I had some listings out. Yeah, I was working on something. It was an easy way to start was a conversation. He looking for an agent? Uh, yeah, I passed him your number. He said, you know, he knew about you. He's seen your Well, mom. I thought you'd pass him your wife's number, but yeah. <laughs> I think the key here or the key here is to always be ears eavesdropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. stop listening to other people's yeah, conversations. Yeah. yeah. And even if you're Major not working, away. you just throw out some MLS listings on a coffee table and just sit there <laughs> waiting for clients. Yeah. Or you start or you start a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's step two. Yeah, no, that's that's an awesome part of the story. Where was that he from then? So where did you live at that time? I was in Vancouver. And so was he? Yes, he was. That's pretty cool. So, very random. But now I work with him. He's my he's my guy. That's awesome. I actually met my mortgage broker by used to walk my dog downtown and he had an office right on the path. Now we're blisses at Costin and Ellis. And he used to have half of that used to be an office and that's where he was. And he had a cool dog and our dogs used to talk. Well, we used to talk and our dogs used to do their thing. And then uh, that he was our mortgage broker and he still is. He's done all the deals I've ever done. Man, so. I am finding the wrong clients in the wrong places. I need to get a talking dog. Yeah, you, you have, your clients are non-residential, which aren't even legal anymore. And that's the It's because I have a Chinese talking he dog. Speaking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is all Griff's fault. Oh man. Okay. We're going to now jump into uh, what we like to call the icebreaker, sponsored by, um, I think that one's sponsored by me. Welcome to the uh, icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. All right, Allison, what is your favorite Kelowna season? This question is seriously impossible. <laughs> yeah. I think I mentioned this already. We live in a Offline. nice season it's, place. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Every season is so perfect and so beautiful in its own right. Yeah. But uh, 
I, I have never been anywhere else where you can snowboard and golf in the same day. We're lucky. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Like snowboarding with a t-shirt on and going golfing. Right? And yeah. also, like, I'm as basic as they come. Like, fall, sweater weather, yeah. you know, coffee. That's yeah. that's all me. I mean, fall's yeah. good, but the amount of leaves that I rake up in my yard, it's insane. Yeah, out of your pool. Have yeah. less trees, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like the sound. Of, he doesn't like the spring because he hates the birds. You're going to bring up the birds again. <laughs> at least birds are alive at my house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you had to pick a cocktail, beer, wine, drinker, what what are you? So I am what they call weather dependent wine drinker. Nice. So is Matt. Yeah. So <laughs> if it's sunny, I'm on a patio mm-hmm. with a rose, probably. In the winter, your cozy socks, fireplace, and something big and bold and juicy. I yeah. love that answer. So wine, yeah. definitely wine. But you know, I don't discriminate. I'll, you know, yeah. I like a yeah. sour. Yeah. I like, I like no, specific sorry. specific winery. That's an impossible I question. Know. That's yeah. an impossible question. <laughs> We're here to get you. <laughs> I like them all. One that's very close to my heart that I love is uh, Nickel down in Naramata. Mm. Yeah, their Syrah is. I don't know if I invented that one. That one sneaky. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you recommended that when we went, Emily and I went and did some wine touring this summer. It was, it was very nice. Is it yeah. just on the main drag or is it off somewhere? It's like way down at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Unless you take like Shoot Lake Road. Like you could bike it. Side. Yeah, that's, yeah that's the first one. Yeah, that's why we ran into it. So <laughs> that's, Is that close to, what's that one at the end that they do all the sparkling? Not sparkling, but yeah, they're all like. Bubbly? Yeah, they're all bubbly. I think it's called Bella. That one is fantastic. I've never been there. And it's right at the end, right close to the end anyway. And they do like reds bubbly and everything? Yeah, I think so. Like rosés for sure. I don't know about reds, but rosés and whites for sure. Okay. And they have lots of different kinds. And when you go there and you taste the wine, they have like the like the character glasses. Like they're not all the same. They're all like different. And they're pretty, uh, you have to choose your glass first. Oh, cool. No, we haven't pretty, done that one. Yeah, it's a nice one. That's where you got married, right? Naramata? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah at the, the end there. Yeah. There was also a microphone there as well that I was on. Taylor was my MC. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. When was that? <laughs> so I was uh, just before the pandemic, 2019. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good timing. Yeah. Taylor was back from China Yeah. just to hop on the mic. He did a very good job. Very yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, surprised myself. It was a lot like of fun. Him. The yeah. guests <laughs> ate it up. They yeah. ate it up. They yeah. ate it up. <laughs> Once I got my first laugh, I was on a roll. Nice. That's when he decided he was going to start a podcast. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. First taste of the mic. That's yeah. fantastic. I didn't know that you did that. That's uh, great. Yeah. So now Get people to know hire, your co-host. Yeah. yeah, they hire me. Yeah. Um, you can look up my website. No, that's great. Have you done that before? Is it the first one? Last one? First and last, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Allison took a chance and paid off. Mm-hmm. Big chance. Yeah. Big chance. Big chance. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, Allison. If you have 12 hours left before you have to leave Kelowna forever, what would you do for fun? What I would do, there's this beach. I actually don't know what it's called. I call it secret beach. It's kind of down lower mission. You have to walk down this Creek to get to it, but it's a big sandbar. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. So awesome I guess one. not that secret. Um, yeah, we call it secret <laughs> beach I think it's too. called hidden beach. Yeah, there you that go. would yeah. also be a good name because yeah, it is quite hidden. if you don't know where it is, like you're not going to get to it, yeah. yeah. but it's so beautiful. It's so serene. There's no people there. It's really crowded in Kelowna in the summer I find. Yeah. So it's hard to find like a piece of serenity on the water unless you're on a boat in a corner somewhere but i would spend the day there i would meet my friends for happy hour yeah and then i would go to waterfront wines and mm-hmm. have the flat iron Ooh. that sounds wonderful bed by 9 30 bed by yeah oh that's a good answer yeah, yeah actually yeah, we were all thinking that. it but you said it yeah i didn't yeah. see it going that way but that's, 
Nice. Assuming yeah. I got an early morning flight. Yeah. You know, I can. Yeah. yeah. In this case, in this scenario, you do for sure. Yeah. So. Okay. To kind of pivot for our last question back into real estate, if you were to buy one property in the Okanagan, could be rental, recreation, what, what would you be looking for? I've got my eyes set on big white, honestly. Kind of invest and play kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you can have you can have both. So yeah. it's kind of best of both worlds. So investment plus a little, little fun. My uh, father-in-law owns a, a ski shop in town. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. And so my son, he's a year and a half old and he got skis before he could even walk. Yeah. So they're expecting us to be on the hill <laughs> on the regular. So it would be nice to have somewhere that you can hunker down. And Yeah, that would be very cool. And I live for that, right? Like I'm not much on the mountain anymore to, to, yeah, leave that to Corey. I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I skied with Corey when he, when we were growing up, he's yeah, he's an awesome skier. So he's okay. No, I'm just kidding. He's really good. He's yeah. really good. He was, he was way better than me. And I thought I was okay. So what are you saying about me? Then? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. One of a side story, one of my, my husband now, Corey and I, our first dates, we were skiing in Whistler. And I was like, I was snowboarding at this time. I'm like, I'm going to show this guy. I'm going to show him show what's up, skills. right? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. Anyway, I thought I lost him. So I'm coming down the mountain, you know. You thought he beat him? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I look up, he's on top of this like cliff to my right. And he jumps down backwards and then skis down the hill going backwards <laughs> past me. And that's when I knew. Yeah. I had met my man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, there's. That's a pretty good way to get showing up. Good. Now that now that we've uh, gotten to know you a little bit, we're we're a glass of broken wine. ice. So yeah, to say. yeah. Can we kind of tell the origin story? So, how'd you first get into real estate? What was your interest? Like you said, you know, you had this one property under contract, and that led to you maybe in the mortgage industry. But let's start from the beginning. Where was the property? Why did you buy it? Good question. I had always had this kind of fascination with real estate. My parents were really big into buying the ugliest house on the block and oh, yeah. fixing it up over time, obviously. So we lived in some pretty suspect <laughs> homes until they were finished. Anyway, uh, so I always had an interest in that, looking at homes. We'd always go like open houses. Anyway, doesn't matter. But uh, my friend had called me and he said that his landlord was selling the house he was renting. And he was like, I don't want to leave. And I was like, we should buy this house. So it was a private sale. So we kind of had to fumble through that. Yeah. I was I was living in Vancouver at the time. He was living here. This property was in Rose Valley. Oh, yeah. And uh, he had the cash and I had the income. I had a really good job, but I didn't have a ton of money because I was living in Vancouver. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was a partnership purchase, which I we talk a lot about now, especially. So I've, I've been through that. So we had a 50-50 partnership. Did you guys, were you both on title? Both on title. Did you you move in? Like he was already living there, but did you you ever live there? Kind of. The job that I had, I was looking after manufacturing sales in Western Canada. So I was kind of bumping around a lot all the time. So I would stay there when I would come. So it was my primary residence, which was worked out for me really well. Uh, We had kind of a five-year understanding so after five years, we ended up, well, six years, we ended up selling it or he bought me out, I should say. Yeah. So I took that money and I ran off into the sunset. Nice. But prior to that, my husband, he had a property and then we bought our current home and we've done some work in there. Yeah. You guys finished a massive renovation. Big addition. one. And addition, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So a lot of school along the way. Yeah, sure. yeah. Did you live through the renovation? So... 
Yes, we have a one bedroom suite in the basement oh, that we basement. had previously Airbnb. Yeah. And uh, I had got pregnant. Our house wasn't big enough. So we were like, we need to, do we sell it? Do we keep yeah. it? Like, what do we do? And we just decided we were going to do this addition, add some square footage, live in the suite. Yeah. It'll be done by the time the baby comes. Like, it'll be perfect. It was not perfect. <laughs> yeah. It was How, not, not perfect. Typical story. Yeah. So <laughs> it was very late. Uh, Casey, my son, came a little early. So we were living in this tiny one-bedroom apartment. Had a rough go at the beginning. And then that was a summer that was so hot. Yes. We did our air conditioning wasn't set up yet. <laughs> so we were bumping our, we were, there was one point where we were literally living in our garage and we had bought a little air conditioning unit for the window there. <laughs> and I was like, how can this, how is this my life? Like why? This was my idea. Like this is my fault. I couldn't, I didn't have oh. anyone else to blame but myself, but we lived through it. We survived. So would you do it again? Like not that way, okay, yeah. <laughs> not that way. but I, I mean, everyone says they're not going to do it again during, but then once, yeah, once they're out. In hindsight, I'm like, I don't know who that was that did that. <laughs> like, I could not survive through that again. Yeah. And are you are you guys looking to buy more property? Where are you where are you at? Yeah, now? definitely. We're kind of sitting pretty right now, trying to see what shakes up in the market. But I'm always like, always have my eye, like always fingers on the pulse. If there's a good opportunity, I think we'll we'll hop on something. Yeah. So, do you guys have any investment properties now? Like, did your husband sell his one that he had? We did sell it. Oh yeah. So currently, no, we don't. We just have the Airbnb in our basement. Is that? Did you do that all year round or just the summer? Usually all year round. Yeah, but right now we have a long term tenant. Nice. Just in the off season. And then um, mortgage business. We know how that started. Yeah. Where are you at with that kind of fill us So in. I was doing that part-time through, you know, I had a full-time job previous to that. So I was dipping my toes in the, in the mortgage world. And I honestly thought at the beginning, this would just be kind of like a side thing, like a little hobby. And it kind of blew up into something that I was like, wow, I'm like really passionate about this. Like I really, like mortgages are boring. Most people would say that, but I don't feel that way I don't at feel all. That either, but yeah, some people definitely. So I, I think, yeah, I just it turned into something that I really love to do, and now here I am. This will be my second full year of just doing that, and I'm. So, did you come in right in the boom, right when things were going well? I've had my license for five years. Okay, we've seen it a couple different seasons of. Yeah, you've and, kind of seen it all. Yeah. In a short period of time, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're crushing it. You're finding most of your leads, like a lot of the listeners right now are probably agents and, and interested about, you know, lead generation and stuff. You're getting most of that through your social media. Like your social media is on point. Thank um, you. Easy for me to say. Mine's terrible, but yeah, yours, <laughs> yours is great. So you've actually like developed a business where or you're, you're, you're venturing with somebody else and you're building a social media kind of platform coaching system. So the, the company is called the broker social and what it is, is a social media kind of platform for mortgage brokers to take static content with copy already written for them. And then they rewrite it for themselves, but, and then there's a, the, a coaching side to it too. So, and say that it is now more important than ever for people to understand their mortgages and understand what their options are yeah. and having a presence on social media, whether you're a realtor or you're a broker or you're providing any kind of service is so, so important, but having a personal brand, like something that's recognizable, something that's true to yourself, something that's authentic. So people can connect with you that way. 
So being able to translate that into social media, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, whatever, is so important, but it's very, very overwhelming. I'm sure you probably both have had that, that feeling, but this, there's courses that break it down step-by-step what you have to do. It's literally a no brainer. It literally takes not even a fraction of the time and the energy that you think it would. The value is incredible. I'm so grateful to be a part of it. And my role specifically is creating the written content or collaborating on that. And then my partner, she's the CEO, Lacey, she does all of the coaching and that is her specialty. Okay. So you do the written content for your clients or like generic? How does that work? So we would, every month you get 50 new options. So you have last month's and and the current month. So there's some that's timely. There's some that's, you know, evergreen, there's glossary. You have so much content to choose from. So there's the static posts and then you recreate your own based on your own colors and your own branding and whatever. And then you change the copy that's already been pre-written. So the chunk of it is already there just to sound a little more like yourself. Yeah. Nice. I always tell people like, it's hard for people to think this, but when you, when you're on social media, most people that is you, what you put on social media, like that's all people see of you. Right. So like if you put that, you're on vacation or something like this, like I feel a lot of pressure now. Well, for all intents and purposes, that is your existence. That's how people see you. So like when you put on social media, like you have to be consistent, it has to be nice. And it has to be like, think about the image you want to put out there. Right. Because if you're just putting out whatever you see that day. Like I know that a lot of people, realtors especially are just, they seem to only post when they're on vacation. So then when you think of this person, if you don't know them, you just think that they're only ever on vacation, right? right? Or like all these kinds of things. So you think about what you want to put out to the world. That is all people see from you, right? So like things like this podcast or whatever you post that if that's all they see, that's all they see. If they don't know you, which is most people don't know you. Right. But the, the idea too behind this is that you bring all of you to the platform. So you're a realtor. Great. But you also vacation. Great. Mm -hmm. But you also volunteer here and you also help clients do these amazing things. Like there's so much that you have to offer as professionals in real estate. You want to also position yourself as the expert, as as the go-to expert. Yeah. And you can't be everything to everybody, you know? So the clients and the referral partners that you're going to gain from social media are really going to be your people. So you have to show up how you are day in and day out, and you're going to be connected with the right people. Exactly. I I just think that people need to think about that more. So a company like yours would be wicked to check out. Yeah. There's 30,000 mortgage brokers in Canada. And I have... Jesus. How many agents are there? (laughs) Right? Probably a lot more. (laughs) Probably a lot more. But you'll see that there isn't a ton of really great mortgage professional presence with consistency and, and education. And that's where I, I lead with education. Like yep. come to my page, binge on all that content. And if you have questions, like it's just the DMs. That's so it. what, what are you guys trying to, to grow it to? Like, do you have goals, KPIs that you're, you're KPIs, striving towards? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what's, what's internally for your, for your guys's company growth Yeah, and getting people out of their comfort zone. No one wants to go on video. We were on a call this morning, a coaching call, and everyone's like, no, I don't want to go on video. I just want to post these posts. But people want to see you. Yeah, so get over yourself. Your get on there. Yeah. Makeup, no makeup. Hair done. Not to, like wherever you are in your car, just get on there. Yeah, you guys are both good with, with your video content. Yeah, I feel like I've fallen off it's a bit lately, but I'm going to definitely get back on that. Yeah, it's, well, it's because you haven't been putting your makeup on so much. Yeah, it's the so. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just get <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's and, not like... 
the first time I ever did that was when I started to be an agent, it was like right before Armageddon, right? So like my thing was to go out and to talk to everybody in person. And then two months into my career, I was like, not allowed to talk to anybody. Yeah. So how did you, I mean, how did you manage through that? Well, I, for the first week I honestly went home and sulked because it <laughs> literally killed every plan I had because my plan was to door knock. I actually went door knocking, handing out little letters saying I'll help people that were scared at the time to go out. And like that backfired in my face. Somebody called the city. Oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. Well, because everybody was so scared. Right. So like that was like, Oh my God. I mean, Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt is like the door knocking King, but that's, that's pretty Yeah, I've done a lot of door knocking. That was my first, did the city call you? And the city called my brokerage and then Max, the owner of the brokerage called me and said, you got to stop harassing people. It's COVID. (laughs) But I wasn't, I wasn't, I was doing it to help people. Right. Yeah. So it was like my letter literally like said something along the lines of, if you're too scared to go to the grocery store, give me a call. I'll help you. I'll do it for you. Oh, that's nice. It was not like a marketing thing. Yeah. And it just, uh, yeah. Scare <laughs> so, more people than you have. That's yeah. pretty yeah. funny. I yeah. mean, that was probably the, the catalyst to you switching to social media. So it passionately was. though, and it that was. probably grows. Cause I also had a business. listing where she wanted the seller wanted to have lots of open houses, but like we were not even allowed to do open houses by the board. So I did a Facebook live for oh, like yeah. two hours. I, in my life, I had never <laughs> taken a selfie and I went from that to being on Facebook live with the phone three feet and me holding for two it. hours for two hours. Oh and I talked God. about this house. Talk about a baptism by fire. Did it and like people <laughs> commenting in like now the videos I make, I make them, I redo them, I redo them, I edit them yeah. and then they go on when it's live. People are commenting as you're talking. And that is like another got level of, yeah. especially it's, when you're not you know, at a well, computer. Especially when it's COVID and no one has anything else to do, but yeah. then just, yeah. <laughs> And my mom like, great job, Thanks, mom. <laughs> so did you guys, you, you obviously sold the property. Was it because no. of that? No. <laughs> that property, no, it did not sell. Uh, not for a lack of trying. But it was definitely not, my whole point with this is it was not at all in my comfort zone. Yeah. So like I had to actively push outside. It was frightening. It was crazy. But it worked out well. Now it's like, it's super easy to do that. Just gets easier and easier. Way easier. Every video I make, it's easier and easier and easier. It's you can't like, take yourself too seriously. Yeah. That's you all. just go do it. Even like door knocking the other day. Sorry to take up all the time here, but, uh, the yeah, other we day are, we do have a guest. <laughs> <on> today. <laughs> yeah. Tell us more. About <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other day I was, went to go door knocking and I've been door knocking a thousand times, like so many times. And I just, for whatever reason, I just had like this fear, like of going door knocking. I just could not do the door. So I ended up just found myself driving through the neighborhoods. Like, Oh, that'd be a good street to door knock on. I just went for, like an hour driving around and I called Becca. I was like, Hey Becca, give me some motivation here. I have to go do it. I have to do the first door. So she told me basically to get off my ass and go do the first door. So I did. And then after that, it was like floodgates open. Then it's just, you just have one conversation yeah. and it's easy, but I feel like it's the same with everything you do, right? You just have to do it, break the ice and then do it and keep doing it. Yeah. And keep doing it. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. 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 As soon as you take a, a, take a break, I heard it was supposed to be 66 days to form a habit. So, you know, if you do it 66 days in a row, then you should be good. 66 days? I th- yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's super ambiguous. I heard like, I was there was like just seven days in a row or 30 days in a row, but I'm going to go with 66. That sounds way better. Yeah. 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 Seems yeah. like a steep yeah. ask. <laughs> 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 I mean, if you, yeah. Anyways, um, so you're, you're looking at growing this business. Are you doing it as well for real estate agents yet? Not yet? You're... No, not yet. Just, okay. just brokers. But I, I expect some growth probably in that area to to happen because everyone needs coaching. Everyone needs 
a little bit more help. Like we're busy doing other, can I say shit? We're doing other shit. We're doing other shit, you know, and (laughs) we don't know if you can, (laughs) (laughs) we put off things that we don't want to do. And we, those things happen to be the things we're uncomfortable with. So to have some accountability and have some direction and have some, some of the thought, energy sucking time taken out of it. There's a lot of value there. Well, especially working with someone you trust and someone you look up to and they're telling you to do it. Like, like you, like if someone like you is telling you to do it, you're probably going to do it. Right. So like just that it helps a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. So are you working with just local people or all over? Um, I do BC. BC. Yeah. All, all over BC, whoever needs me. Yeah. 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 Sorry for the broker. So my brokering, I do BC for broker social. That's, um, nationwide. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was like. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Are, are there, sorry to go back to the realtors again. They, they tend to draw a lot of attention, but are there any competitors <laughs> in the realtor space? Like I've heard of it on, on the mortgage side of things. Like there's a couple people that are doing this, but for realtors, is there anything? There's nothing realtor or brokerage side like this. Okay. There's a lot of company, like there's coffee and contracts that does, right. you know, they give templates and some copy, but there's no coaching space that allows you to develop your own personal brand and your own building these online communities. There, there is nothing like it. Awesome. Yeah. Fill in a void. Trying to. Giving the people what they want. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So on the mortgage business side of things, we kind of touched on that. Is there anything you want to talk about? Like we're recording this just after the last rate announcement quarter point, which is, you know, everyone's probably accepting that we're, we're pretty happy. We're used about to that. it. Yeah. 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 Our mindset shifted well. a little bit. So do you want to touch on that where you see kind of the, the market going a little bit on that side of things? You know, everyone's like, where, what's the crystal ball? Yeah, yeah. The crystal ball where, what are we doing? What the information that is available to us is indicating is that it's going to slow down. The rate increases that is. Yeah. I'm not so sure about the housing market. I think it's I think it's going to maybe pick up a bit from now. It seems, I don't know about you guys, but I'm busy. Me too. Definitely. There's something in the air right now for sure. So people are getting hungry. They've been on the sidelines for a little bit, but as far as rates are concerned, rates are short term. So I think if you're okay right now with where things are, like carry on, you know, make it through. But if you're in a position where you're like, I'm really having a hard time paying my mortgage. Like I really need to do something. Then that's when it's time to call your mortgage broker, your realtor, your accountant, you know, and try and make some changes to accommodate that. But I heard a stat today that mortgage defaults are, have not changed. Yeah. So I don't think that the rate increases have been having the effect that most of us thought that they would. Yeah. Uh, well, we had the stress test, right? I, like we kind of, we talked about this last time, but yeah, set ourselves up for this exact thing to not have a million defaults. I like, mean, everyone hated the stress test when it came out. It kind of did its job yeah. essentially. But as Canadians, like we are really good at just paying off yeah. debt. Unless you're a family member, you never pay family back. But like, yeah, those are I gifts. I don't think anyone's. Yeah, yeah. In all my contracts, yeah. these are gifts. I don't think anyone's concerned about that. And if there are difficulties, like you said, there there's always options to help navigate through those difficult times. And we are seeing like the bond market retreat and fixed come down, and that's kind of where the smart money's going. So, yeah, we're assuming that things are slowing down and it's going to plateau. And once we have some more stability um, and less scarcity in the market, then people are going to come back out and start shopping again. So yeah, if you're already seeing that, Matt, I wonder like, what's the breaking point for like the floodgates to open? I I feel like if you have a couple of people 
fire sale in their house or not even at this point. You think like once one starts, it's going to stop one. I've, I imagine that yeah. like, I don't think the number is one, Why? but I also don't think it's 50%. Like, I don't know what the number is somewhere in between there that we're like the issues start piling up. Yeah. You know, like I just, you think about the people that are in trouble. So people that bought with almost no equity, like 5% or something, and now they have to sell. Okay. I'll take a different stance on that. I think if there are defaults and people have to fire sell their house, there's so many people on the sideline that are waiting to buy like vacancies so low that I think it supports it. I I totally agree with you. I don't think you even like fire sales around number or around term because you're not, it's not like you have to sell like at 75% of its value or anything right now. Yeah. I just wonder what the, how many have to happen for that to start happening. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know what that number is, but it doesn't seem like we're anywhere near that. It'd be interesting. We should do some research on that. Yeah, we should. We should. Got to get asked back how to do some research on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did uh, hear another interesting statistic. Yeah. They were talking about how people will give up every everything else before they give up their home. Yeah. So they will do everything they can to keep their home. I don't think people are like, oh, I'm going to keep my Porsche and sell my house. Like that. I don't think that that's happening. No, I, yeah, I, you know? I agree with you totally. I think it's people know that like, all your money is in your house, so they will miss every other payment before they miss a mortgage payment, or especially a few in a row to have this start happening. Yeah, definitely. Right. So I think, yeah. Do you think it's just as simple as like it's a an auto debit system where the money's in their account and it gets taken out? Like if you're going to pay off your credit card, you physically have to make that transfer to pay it off. So like we're just not people aren't even thinking about defaulting; they just automatically think it has to happen, which. It doesn't hurt as bad as a credit card payment. No, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Well, and yeah. I mean, okay, maybe to shift gears a bit, it's rent. Like if you own your house, what are you, you're going to pay your mortgage or you're going to sell your house and pay rent. And right now they're very similar in price, really. Yeah. Also, it's impossible to find a rental. So like if, even if you went mm-hmm. to a rental, it's like, yeah, I want to live on X Street. Too bad. There's like 40 other people applying for the same place, right? Yeah. So like it's not renting is hard because of this. Like it's... Yeah, it's, it's super expensive. But and there's also, no stability. There's no, you can get evicted pretty much any time. Well, until your lease is up, so a year. It's hard. It's tough. Yeah. So. And not to say that it's, for some people, it's it's the right choice. Like, yeah. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. We were doing some fun calculations yesterday with rent versus buy. We did Vancouver, we did Calgary, and we did Toronto. And after five years, even though rent's a little bit lower than owning, yeah. you're still coming out on top as far as your asset, your gain in net worth. Like, even if it doesn't appreciate, you're still paying the mortgage down slowly, like yeah. all these things and you're not getting evicted, right? Like you're not, you can kind of set your own rules. Yeah. So an appreciation. I think that's something that we don't talk enough about and especially the compound eff- effect of appreciation. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just over five years, your property is going to go up 6% or 2%. It's every year it's going up that much. And then yeah. it's going up the next year. So it snowballs pretty quick. It's also crazy. You're getting the appreciation on the full amount of the house, but you've only yeah. put 20% down. Yeah. So if that house goes up 10% and it doesn't matter how many years, but it goes up 10% you only put 20% down. That's like a 50% back on your money. Look at this like guy. a no-brainer to me. He needs to be a mortgage broker. Man, the numbers <laughs> he is rattling off. There's I'm, no calculator I don't even there. think they're right, but I am oh impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, it's hard to, you think like, oh, the stock market gets 10% return and the house only went up 6%. Yeah, yeah that, that was a conversation I had with a client a couple months ago and they were trying to convince their grandparents to come on title with them and liquidate some of their, their investment. Yeah. And so they asked me, you know, like what would be a good 
not an argument, but a, a good convincing way to say it. Yeah. And I said exactly that, like, you know, instead of your money in an RSP where you're making, say, even if it's 10% on that hundred thousand, like you're making 10% on a million with that hundred thousand dollars down, well, nine ninety nine. that's where the real power is, is that leverage and then paying down the principal. Yeah. And then even if it goes down, like just don't sell, you got to live somewhere, right? Yeah. If this is your main thing, just wait till next year. It'll go up again at some point. It's a long-term game. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Real estate is definitely a long-term game. It's hard. It gets into speculation line when you start thinking flipping and those kinds of things, when you need the market to do a certain thing in a certain amount of time. But over the long term, you can just go up. I had someone ask me this morning, actually, uh, do you think it's a good time to buy? And I was like, that's such a hard question. I mean, it's an easy question to answer, but it's hard. I think my answer to that always is, is if it's a good time for you. For you. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Well, so it's always a good time it's always, to buy. It is because in the long run, so I bought my first house in 2012, downtown Kelowna for 280. Let's just say it went down 20%. By the time I sold it, it was like 750. So would I really be losing even if it went down 20% the next year? In the long run, I'm still making a lot of money, right? So like now, like even the price fluctuations of 10, 20%, just wait a few more years, right? Because it's still a good time to buy. Right, just yeah. putting in the market. Well, I was looking at the stats a couple couple days ago from December last year to December this year. We're up, yeah. but where it peaked was March. So March to December this year, yeah, we're down. But like that's such a short window. You know, we're talking eight months where it took that small dip. And like, when are you gonna? I mean, it's really bad timing if you buy a house in March that's and then you I'm sell saying. it in December and then you're not getting back into the market. Like that's what I that's what I mean is like. The short-term game gets into speculation line when you need the thing to the market to just not go down. Yeah, you don't know, right? But so, like, if you're gonna do that, then you can get burned. Well, you do this like it's like you're day trading houses. Like, yeah, just don't don't be too ambitious. No, exactly. If you if you need to do that so quick, like you can make money that way. Just just to count on that is a different. It's so, a lot of luck. I think yeah. involved in that kind of a strategy. Oh, big time. <laughs> and yeah. unless the listener is out there and that's your whole strategy, then call Matt because he would <laughs> love honestly, to do the six transactions. We can do like three deals a year. Oh, you want to buy yeah. and sell Every four today? Months, let's yeah. just put it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ideal for me. Yeah. Probably not the best for you. Last kind of question I have to dig in then just to focus a bit more on that real estate. What I know you said big white was a great property you wanted to get into. Where do you see the best investment in Kelowna? Any cool projects you like? You like the Airbnb style? Do you like student housing long-term building? Jeez, that's a, that's a good question. After doing your renovation, like, do you feel you guys, would you do more of those projects? Was it enough value add that you think there's money to be made in those? I think it's too difficult to say right now what kind of return you would get on a, on a renovation just with the uncertainty and the volatility in the market. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. One of my best friends was my interior designer. So we had a lot of fun doing that piece. So I really liked that. I would do that again, but Alex I, Walsh was your interior designer. Yeah, that's yeah. Her. Yeah. her. Phoenix. Yeah. Kitchen works. Yeah. She's great. She tells me that I'm very monochromatic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a compliment. Yeah, I was going to say, is that a compliment? <laughs> I think Becca would be considered that too. You know, yeah. like just beige. Every beige other yeah, white yeah. and every other different shade of white, please. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of different whites though, so you have to be. Yeah. yeah spoken like a true monochromaticer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let um, me rephrase the question okay. then. If let's say you had a, a new client. They had their own primary residence. They had some money in it, equity takeout. They wanted to buy something in Kelowna. 
how would you advise them? Where are you pointing them to? I would say get a rental, definitely get a rental, whatever it is that you can afford. I, I think single family is, you get the best return on those properties, but obviously yeah. they, they require a lot more cash output for you. So if you're a small time, you know, you don't have a ton of cash, but you have some equity, buy a condo. They're yeah. low yeah. maintenance. You know, you don't have the yards to worry about. And, you know, there's a strata that takes care of that. So it's a lot less hands-on if you don't want to be a landlord. But there's some really fun tax strategies that you can implement if you have your, your primary residence and a rental that can be very advantageous to yeah. you. So that is my pitch to almost every single client that I have. At the very least, have your primary residence and a rental. What about uh, the birth strategy, like buying a property, renovating it, renting it out, and refinancing? Have you guys do you guys do that at all? That's Taylor's wheelhouse for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I still think there's a ton of opportunity. The problem you'll have right now is debt servicing, like getting that mortgage in your personal name. Like since, after the rental? Yeah. Like since rates have gone up, like you're only going to be able to tap into so much equity because you have to service that. So unless your income is at that level, obviously we've seen buying power really restricted over the last 12 months because of the rate hikes. So I'm seeing a lot of clients reaching that limit. Obviously there's strategies where you can, you know, throw it into a hold co and, and kind of take a different gear on that. But yeah, I still love that strategy. Sure. I always thought the best strategy to do is to buy a single family house, renovate a legal suite into it, and then rent them both out. And then you can use the basement suite to help you get help you get over that hurdle. Yeah. What do you think? Well, oh, for sure. Can you find any houses with like an unfinished basement? Is that I know a realtor that can. Well, it's you don't necessarily. I was need... like, who? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, you can find them. Yeah. There are like, you can find some good deals right now. It's hard because the ones that are good deals, everyone knows it and they go into multiple offers still Yeah, like that's even happening right now. So I think, uh, yeah, you just have to look, but again, you're looking at a, a pretty significant down payment for plus a rental, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, like you said before, this is kind of where people are starting to get back into more partnerships. One person has the income, the other person has a down payment. So there are creative ways how to structure it to keep accumulating those assets, but yeah, it's getting, even though prices have decreased in the last eight months, it's harder on the mortgage side of things to no, qualify yeah. you. So yeah, I, mean, I you saw your use, post today or oh, maybe you just sent me that. Oh, that was for that lease land one. Yeah. Yeah. How it was. Yeah. So there's up in tower ranch, there's a property that's like, it's the subject property is on lease land and the comparable is not on lease land. And the price difference is about 200 grand. Wow. But that lease is quite expensive at tower ranch. It is. Yeah. And it's not prepaid. So you're limited on lenders there. So it's like 600 bucks a month, but it was still more affordable to buy the lease land because the mortgage payments were cheaper and strata fees were higher on the other. So it was just a comparison to kind of put it out to the potential buyers of, yeah. Hey, how am I going to justify buying this lease land property with such a high lease rate on it? So yeah, you just have to get down to the numbers and figure out what works. Really. And that's why you work with a mortgage broker. Yeah. Before and probably during and after, right? Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forever. Literally yeah. forever. Like yeah. you should have your you mortgage will be broker lawyer until you die <laughs> in your back pocket at all times, yeah. always running numbers, like having yeah. someone that's strategic that understands your today, tomorrow and the future. Yeah. Because if you purchase something and don't position it in the, the right way, you might hinder your purchasing power or your boring power down the road, which yeah. that could have been avoided in the beginning. Yeah. So take the expert advice. Yeah. 
you might not know the answer to this question, maybe, but like, how do you, like, say a person just wanted to buy rental properties and then they just wanted to be a landlord. They just wanted to, that was their job. They just wanted to be a landlord. I know that it's hard to get approved because you need the income, right? So you need like a job. Like, how do you, how, what's a way to get around this? Like, you start a whole <laughs> code to a, a job? <laughs> well, like, yeah, because if you have you're, you're 20, asking for a friend, right? Not you. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've, you've done this to a, a certain scale as well. I mean, we all, yeah, but then uh, you run into a, a block where they're like, well, you need income. Yeah. So like this part of the show, we should say, you know, it's not legal tax advice, et cetera. Like there's a disclaimer there, but yeah, essentially you buy in a hold co and it's not on your liability sheet moving forward, but you still have to qualify personally for each property. Yeah. And then as part of your income, like you can pay yourself T4 dividend, that kind of style. A lot of lenders don't like a full-time landlord until you get to maybe a certain stage in your investing career. So yeah, it takes a lot of planning and it's not maybe the easiest route. I think where people get caught up on is the rate. So if you're using more of like an alternative lender and it's in a hold co, maybe you're going on the commercial side of things, the rate's going to be higher or there's going to be a lender fee and it's not in their projections or when they're analyzing the deal, they're doing it at as like, you know, an insured mortgage on their primary residence at 4.79% on a five-year fix. Well, this is going to be a 6.3%. And then they're like, oh, that's way too high. So it's, it's an abundant style mindset. Like you have to get over trying to save those little costs. Yes, I guess if the numbers pitch. work, the numbers work. Yeah. And if you want to scale to 50 properties, you're going to have to pay somebody, you know, you're going to have to work There's with, a cost. yeah, you're going to have to work with private lenders sometimes that charge 10, 11%. Like it, it's just, you build it into your business model. So yeah, to buy, like Allison said, you buy your primary residence, maybe buy one or two more in your personal name, depending yeah. on how you see your future and your future income. Yeah. And then if you want to shift gears and scale that, you almost have to take a step back, like financially kind of take that hit initially. And then it really starts to snowball after that. But yeah, total disclaimer. Don't, yeah. Call your accountant. <laughs> Listen to everything I said, but don't follow it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Allison? This is, this is your platform. My um, platform. Yeah. This is your studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, well, we also need a name for this studio too. So you can drop in the well, comments. The listener. Matt Cave doesn't work? The, the Matt Cave. Oh, I didn't even hear that one. I it's love that. Yeah. No, just made that up, but it does fit it's quite well. Good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Well. yeah. I think this would be a great time to jump into our the, the um, ice maker, the ice maker time for everyone's favorite part of the show. The ice maker section brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. Okay. Right, also, okay. The first one, let's do this. Okay. The best habit or routine that you attribute to your success and something you feel our listener could benefit from. I would say the, most important habit is yeah, organization, organizing your finances, organizing your day, organizing your thoughts. It's very important to not spend a lot of time fluttering around. I think you can be a lot more productive when you, when you know what's up and when you know what you're doing. The other thing I'll say is time blocking is, is really important, you know, allocating the right amount of time to the right amount of thing and not multitasking. I think that there's this misconception out of the, out there that, you know, oh, it's, it's an act like I'm a multitasker. No, you're not. You're just yeah, inefficient yeah, yeah, at doing yeah. multiple things, Yeah, giving focus to whatever task you're doing. Yeah. Good. One thing I do like multitasking though, is driving and listening to books. That's the only thing I feel like can really. That's is no, like, uh, like a life hack stack. I know what you mean. The stacking of it. Yeah, you're doing it anyway. It's like going for a walk and listening to a podcast. Yeah, 
I sometimes I find myself taking the long way home just so I can like finish to the end of the podcast or the end of the book or something. It's efficient use of time. Yeah, it's awesome. It's kind of like uh, multitasking, but not really the same thing. Yeah. With that, what do you use for your calendar? Just curious. I have a lot of calendars. Do you? I do. Yeah, I have one on the wall that like, has like, you know, all my clients, the funding dates, renewal dates, all those kind of yeah, things. And yeah. I have my Gmail, like the G calendar. Yeah, yeah. But then I also have a weekly calendar that I revisit every Friday. That's like so a book? It's like a, a tear-off. You know, oh, yeah. each week is a tear-off. Yeah. So I can organize and plan my week Friday for the next week so I know what's coming up. I know what kind of tasks I have and I can allocate the time to them. Nice. So they all work together. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What one do you use? Yeah, I've switched over from Asana, which wasn't really a, a calendar, but more of like a task oriented one to uh, yeah, Google Calendar. Google, so that's starting to. We use Google Calendar that. too, basically, so that Beck and I can schedule our things together. The family side of it, yeah. Well, a little yellow. Well, no, not just like she's my assistant too. So like obviously like work stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, if I just know it. We just get double schedules all the time, or we used to. Yeah. So now we have a, we're on the same calendar. And it really helps with the organization. If you have a spouse, you have to have a shared calendar. Yeah. Seriously. No question. I will yeah. never have the argument. You never told me that we had this party to go to or this. Never, because it's all on the calendar. He's invited to every single thing. There's no excuse. I, even okay. things like going golfing or something like it's in the calendar. Don't like you can't schedule me anything for this or like that, <laughs> right? I get sorry. Yeah, no, I would love to see that argument. Sorry, Becca, I put it in the calendar. Oh, I'm going golfing. Yeah, that's a legit <laughs> argument. Yeah, no, no, check the calendar. Yeah. I said I was going to be drinking a beer today. <laughs> well, seriously, if I have enough time, if I'm there first in this time slot, oh, that that's all it is. Just get in there first, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. what is the best thing you've ever spent money on? Well, real estate. Uh, yeah, yeah, great yeah. answer. But also my AirPods. Those things oh, yeah. changed my life. They're awesome, aren't they? They're so good. I love that you, like, they're great for listening to music. Someone calls, it's just like, hello. Or a text message. Yeah. You never miss anything. No, it's awesome. Has husband canceling mode, so you don't have <laughs> Husband to... canceling mode. Football canceling mode, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, who would ever want to cancel football? Especially in the <laughs> playoffs. only a couple weeks left. A couple weeks <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. All right. So what is uh, the most impactful book you've ever read? I would say a couple of them off the top are the one thing, and that is about time blocking. Yeah. So again, like we were talking yeah. about earlier, focus time, no interruptions. The other one is Atomic Habits. I thought that that was a brilliant book, like a very easy read. And the one thing I took from that was habit stacking. Yeah. So if you're already doing something, you're already driving to work, well, yeah. just throw on a podcast and you're yeah. learning something. If you're brushing your teeth, you have a glass of water, now you're hydrated. You know, there's... So there's some hot tips in there. That's, you know, I read that uh, one thing book, right? Because I was investing in real estate and then I went to the realtor and I read the one thing because I really just wanted to spend all my time investing in real estate. Then I realized I had to have, my goal was to use the rental income to buy more. And then I realized I needed an income. So I, uh, <laughs> I had to, went to go it's do a, a realtor. Yeah. So, but then I, at that point I was just like, I have to focus. I can't do both things. Right. So then I just went all into real estate and then now it's kind of to the point where I can do that. But I had to, it's too hard to do two things. Right. So that, I really got that off that point. 
too hard to do the real estate investing and yeah. agent. Like, cause what I was, uh, what I wanted to do, I still want to do this and I have done this is go like get partners to like yeah. financial partners ah, and like do all this stuff. Right. So just go full in to real estate investing. Yeah. Cause I believe in it. I was just talking to a guy yesterday. He's out East and he does some, some coaching stuff. He's a, a mortgage broker as well. And we were talking about investing through self-directed RSPs. So you can create a fund, right? Get people to invest through their RSPs to you. And then you can use that as the down payment and scale that. And it just like, as we started to snowball ideas, it was like, ah, yeah, maybe I should really, really start to go that direction more. But yeah, there's so many opportunities in real estate. It is hard to pick like the exact one you want to do. I think it's a a benefit as well to get well-versed and educated on all aspects. Like you should buy one rental and you should buy an Airbnb and you should do a renovation and you should do infill just to figure out what you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. And it's the schooling behind, like you learn so much and you learn what you like, what you don't, where, where your passions lie and your skills lie. Even things like organizing contractors to come. You think that would be easy? Yeah. Holy (laughs) fuck. It is not easy. Like to get this shit going. Like it is hard to that's a skill that you don't really think would have to be a skill. That's yeah. why you hire a general contractor. Well, even, like Taylor, he doubles as that. Listen, you're like, oh, a GC, like, oh my God, that you are expensive. But it is like, they're basically just a oh, big baby. It's not just expensive. Like when we went to go renovate this house or the one before, it's like, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, it's expensive, but like, yeah, we'll do there in 18 months. Yeah. It's like 18 months. Are you kidding me? Like, that's just not, uh, sometimes it just isn't. That's just not going to Yeah, it's work. just easier to do it yourself sometimes. Yeah, but which but is a slippery slope. Easy, Until though. you're done and then you're like, yeah. God. Yeah, because you, you really do learn. Like, you're reno- obviously, when you're doing hands-on renovations, you learn all about that kind of thing. But there's, like, those are the obvious ones. We're obviously going to learn a lesson by doing that. But then Yeah, the and that, that's not what I meant. I wasn't meaning, like, you should do all those by yourself. But you should definitely, like... I think you ex- should get dirty a bit. Hey, yeah. Your it, I mean, yeah. it helps when you're talking to the GCs and stuff. But, yeah, you should you should dabble in a little bit of everything before you're you like figure out what you dusting want. dusting on your face. For like, I know what I'm doing, I swear. Yeah, just grab a tool belt real quick. And... <laughs> hey, Brock, give me your tools. Give me that hammer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite quote? My favorite quote is, always keep your face towards the sunshine and all the shadows will fall behind you. Love it. So just on the positive, on the come up, just don't worry about all that. That is that, that's good. Did you make that up? Like you who know, came out I, with that? Maybe I did. I've never heard that before. <laughs> is that I didn't even know it. I, yeah. I don't know who said it. I saw it once and it stuck with that's me. That's awesome. No, that's yeah. a very good one. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being on the show. Loved having you. Hopefully we'll have you back again. Um, how can our community help you and share how they can connect with you? What platforms you're on? So you can find me on Instagram at mortgages by Allison. You can email me at allison.swanson at mortgagepal.ca. Uh, you can also check out the brokersocial.ca uh, for more information on the club. Sweet. Awesome. Does Broker social, social have a social media? Oh, yeah. What's that? Broker Social? Yeah. Nice. That yeah, the Broker Social. The Broker Social. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We'll, we'll Thanks, Allison. Soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. This is fun. Yeah. Let's okay. do it again. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate.
and Taylor at Venture Mortgages.